Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. studying the seventh trumpet judgment, which is actually the casting out of Satan, Revelation 12 and verse 12, and uh, there are several things uh, that are going on here, it seems, all at once. Uh, Last week, we took a look at the proclamation that was made, Revelation chapter 11 uh, and verse 15. Uh, The seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Uh, The 24 elders begin to praise and worship God, and we see that the nations of the earth are angry. Verse 18 Uh, We also see that at this particular time, the judgment seat of Christ will be taking place. Uh, There about midway of verse 18, it says, The time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great." This is when we believe that the judgment seat of Christ will be taking place, uh, when every saint of God will receive a reward or the lack thereof for the things that they have done uh, since they got saved. I guess the basic question is, what have you done with the great gift of salvation that God has given unto you? The judgment seat of Christ. You'll be judged for the works that you've done. You will not be judged for sins. Your sins were judged at Calvary. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, he took all of our sins upon him. It's all been forgiven, washed, cleansed. The day that you accepted Jesus Christ, you repented of your sins and accepted him as Savior, that's a done deal. Let me just say something, and and I I heard something this week, and it kind of rung a bell with me. The Christian repents of his sin. That's how you get saved. But as a Christian, you should be in a constant state of repentance. In other words, it's not just a one-time thing. We all fall short. There's some things that we do in ignorance. We don't realize that what we've done is sin, but it's still sin. And, uh, We just need to go before the Lord on a daily basis and say, Lord, help me to be more like you. 
and show me where these shortcomings are in my life and and just follow the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Also during this time there will be preparations made for the battle of Armageddon. We can see that in the latter part of verse 18 where it says, And shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. The Antichrist will gather all the armies of the world of those nations of which he has conquered or either those nations that have uh, sided with him as he comes against Israel to completely destroy Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, Preparations for that will be made at this time. Also, we saw where the temple of God was opened in heaven, verse 19. And there was seen in his temple the Ark of the Testament. And uh, while this is going on, uh, there is a judgment of lightnings, voices, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail uh, occurring on the earth. There's a lot of things going on at this particular time as it pertains to the seventh trumpet judgment. Tonight, we want to pick it up, Revelation chapter 12, Revelation 12 and verse 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. This woman represents Israel, and I'll tell you why. If you'll flip over to Genesis chapter 37... Genesis chapter 37, move down if you will to verse 9, Genesis 37 verse 9, the story of Joseph, and this is one of the dreams that Joseph had and he is relaying this, Genesis 37 verse 9, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. And said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And the sun, the moon, and the stars represent Israel. Now, the woman is clothed with the sun. And as you know, it is the sun that illuminates the world. The woman is clothed with the sun, just like God illuminated this world with his word. And the way he did that, he had to have a people. And his chosen people was Israel, the Jews. It is through these people that we have the word of God and ultimately Uh, came about the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, Jesus is the greatest light there's ever been. Jesus even said in John 8 and verse 12, He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But as you know, Israel rejected Jesus as being the Messiah. And because of that, Jesus instituted the church, which is symbolized by the moon under her feet. Now, the moon does not have light within itself. 
The moon is merely a reflection of the sun. With that, the church is to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we and Jesus also said, he said, you are the light of the world. If you'll also notice there in verse 1, uh, upon her head was a crown of 12 stars. That represents the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, there are some that say that the 12 tribes of Israel are lost. But God knows exactly where each one of these tribes is at and he knows um, who is of what tribe as we looked at in the seventh chapter of the book of revelation 12,000 from each tribe will be saved in the first half of the tribulation period equaling 144,000 and that 144,000 is the child that we see there in verse 2. Revelation 12, verse 2. It says, She being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. So the child that she has is the man-child, the 144,000 Jews that will get saved uh, during the first half of the tribulation period. All right, we're going to take a look at another wonder, verse 3. Revelation 12, verse 3. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. The great red dragon is symbolic of Satan. The color red denotes his murderous purpose. Jesus said he is the thief, and he cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Satan is also the master of deception. With that, he has deceived mankind. There is death in this world because of Satan. Because iniquity was found in him. That is where sin came from. And we know the wages of sin is death. And because of what took place in the Garden of Eden, death has passed unto all men, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And like I said, Satan is the great deceiver. The sad thing about it is Satan has deceived most of those that have died in this world, and they have died lost, and they are in hell. So with that in mind, Satan is murderous indeed. Not only has he killed people physically, but he has destroyed millions down through the ages, spiritually speaking. Now, he is pictured standing in opposition to this woman, which is Israel. He's always been in opposition to God. The things of God, the plans of God, the people of God. Why? Because he wants to be God himself. 
Now, this dragon had seven heads. Now, what in the world does that mean? Seven heads. In history, there are seven empires that come against Israel. The first empire to persecute Israel was Egypt, headed up by Pharaoh, kept the children of Israel in bondage. The people cried out unto God, and God raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. And Moses came in and delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. That was the first head of that dragon that John saw. The second empire was the Assyrian Empire. The next that followed after that was Babylon. The next one after that was the Medo-Persian Empire. Then we have the Grecian Empire, headed up by Alexander the Great. Following that was the Roman Empire. That was the period of time where Jesus was born. And then we have the Ten-Horned Kingdom, which is yet to come uh, ten nations will come together and form one nation, and the Antichrist will be the leader of that nation. And like I said, that is still yet futuristic. That will be the seventh. John saw seven heads on this dragon. And like I said, the dragon is symbolic of Satan. In other words, Satan was behind each one of these empires that persecuted Israel. Why? Because their intentions was to destroy Israel. Now, have you ever stopped to think a minute, why Israel? Out of all the nations in the world since the beginning of time, it's always been Israel. Even today, it is the powder keg. The eyes of the world is just fastened right on this little tiny piece of land, Israel. Why? Because they are God's chosen people, number one. Number two, God has promised and has prophesied many things concerning Israel. Things which have not come to pass as of yet. God is as good as his word. What he says in his word, you can bank on it. But now this right here is, if, if you would want to look at it and say, um, the, the, the weakest link in God's word is tied to Israel because it has to do with human beings, the flesh. Israel is that weakest link. And if Satan can destroy Israel, wipe them off of the face of the earth, then these things which God has prophesied in his word will not come to pass. In other words, the word of God will fall to the ground, and Satan has won the conflict which was started way back there in the eons of the past. 
So do you better understand now why Satan is so hard after Israel? Even in the 1930s when Hitler came to power, Satan knew then that he, we were coming to the latter part of the latter days in which these great prophecies were going to be fulfilled. And he raised up Adolf Hitler, in my opinion, to destroy these people. If he could destroy and keep Israel from becoming a nation, then there's no way that these scriptures could be fulfilled. But despite Satan's efforts, the word of God still came out on top. Although six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust, in 1948 the vote was taken and the flag of David, star of David, flew over that area that we now know as Israel when they became a nation in 1948. Satan wants to be God, and he's going to do whatever he can. And like I said, Israel is the weakest link. Also there in that verse, verse 4, His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. That goes back to the time when Lucifer... We now call him Satan, led his rebellion against God, and a third part of the angels sided with him, and we see them, um, some of them in the world today. Some of them committed sins, of which the Bible says they are locked away in the bottomless pit. Um, I can't remember exactly what scripture it is now. But the sons of God, the fallen angels, came down and cohabited with the women, and the giants were formed. That's why God had to uh, destroy the world, the story of Noah and the flood. And these fallen angels, because they left their first habitation, the Bible says, uh, they have been locked away in chains uh, for everlasting judgment. To give you a little further proof of that, uh, stars is used of angels. In Job chapter 38, verse 7, God told Job that when he laid the foundations of the world, that the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So that part there where it says his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth, uh, that's what that particular part is referring to. All right, and the dragon stood before the woman, Revelation 12, verse 4. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. The child referred to here, like I said, is the 144,000 Jews, uh, 12,000 from each tribe uh, that will be saved in the first half of the tribulation period. And let me just say this, Satan has always been opposed to the Jews, but especially saved Jews. 
And why is that? When Jews start getting saved and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, that marks the beginning of the end for him. So he is definitely against this child, the man-child. It says that um, he was ready to devour the child as soon as it was born. The exact same thing that's going on today. As soon as a person gets saved, Satan is right there. First Peter 5 and 8. The Bible says, Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And that's not only for those that are just born into the kingdom, but us older ones have to be careful as well because Satan is constantly going about seeking whom he may devour. All right, Revelation 12, verse 5. She brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. This pertains to the coming millennial reign of Christ. When Jesus will rule personally from Jerusalem and Israel will rule under him as the leading nation in the world at that time. All right. And then it says there, latter part of verse 5, And her child was called up unto God and to his throne. Before Satan can destroy the man-child, God raptures them out. That word there, caught up, is used. It is the same word that we use for rapture. Now, I'm going to share something with you tonight that maybe you have never heard before. And as with anything that you've never heard before, just take it. And you can either accept it as we go through, or you can set it up on the shelf and do a little research and study for yourself, which I always encourage that. But there are four parts to the rapture, or what we also know as the resurrection. There's four parts to it. And I get that from Revelation 20 and verse 6. You want to flip over there and take a look at that. Revelation 20, verse 6. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part. Notice the terminology there. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years there are four parts to the rapture or otherwise known as the resurrection rapture and resurrection is the same thing you will not find the word rapture anywhere in the word of God but it comes from uh, a Greek word, raptus, and it's where we get our English word from, rapture. 
Now, the first part of what we call the rapture is the general rapture which could take place at any moment. You can read that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That is the general rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. You've heard me quote this many times. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That is the first part of the first resurrection. The second part is the rapture of the tribulation saints, those who get saved after the general rapture. You got to keep in mind when the rapture takes place, there's an awful lot of backsliders that are going to realize what has happened. And uh, if you want to see this church packed out, be here the night the rapture takes place or the following day. This place will be packed out immediately after the rapture because people are going to know what has taken place. And a lot of people are going to get saved right after the rapture. Now, the thing about it is, A lot of these people are going to be killed for their faith. Revelation chapter 7, verse 13. This is the rapture of the tribulation saints. Revelation 7, verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these? which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That is the second Part of the first resurrection, the rapture of the tribulation saints, those that get saved during the first part of the tribulation period. When that will take place, exactly, we don't know. Then we have the rapture of the man-child, that of which we just looked at a few minutes ago, Revelation 12 and verse 5. That is the third part of the rapture or the first resurrection. 
And then we have the rapture of the two witnesses that will take place at the end of the great tribulation period. That is found in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 11. We took a look at that a week or so ago. Revelation chapter 11 verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. All right, Revelation 12 and verse 6, and we'll... Shut it down for tonight. I said, we're, we're starting to shut it down for tonight. I'm still going to make you flip to some other places and look around some. All right, Revelation 12, verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. At the midpoint of the tribulation period, the Antichrist is going to show his true colors and he's going to turn on Israel. This one to whom they have thought was the Messiah, the one who possibly helped them rebuild their temple, who has helped institute, reinstitute the Old Testament sacrificial system the one who they have held up to the world and said this is our messiah jesus said i come in my father's name and you will not receive me another will come in his own name in him you shall receive the antichrist will make a seven-year peace pact with israel that will start the tribulation period and halfway through, three and a half years into that period, the Antichrist will come in to Jerusalem with an army of people, and he will go into the temple, killing hundreds of thousands of, of Jews, and he will take over the temple and use it as his headquarters for the last part of the tribulation period. Now, Jesus spoke about this, Mark 13. If you want to flip over there and take a look at it, Mark 13. I told you we're just starting to close. Mark 13, move down if you will to verse 14. Jesus said, but when ye shall see the abomination of desolation... Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. Let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, that coincides with the woman fleeing into the wilderness, unto a place which is prepared of God. Jesus said, flee to the mountains. Which mountains? Where is this place that is prepared of God? It'll be an area 
in which the Antichrist does not control. And if you will take a look at Daniel chapter 11, verse 41, you will see the area which the Antichrist will not have control. Daniel 11, verse 41. And he, that he there is the Antichrist, he shall enter also into the glorious land, that is Israel. And many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. And let's take a look at who these that shall escape out of his hand will be. Even Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. What in the world does that mean? That is the area that we know of as Jordan. The country of Jordan. And the mountain there in that place, which we believe that the remnant of Israel will stay, is Petra. It is thought that Esau built a city there in that place long, long, long time ago. That city is abandoned now. But the ruins are still there. And I read somewhere not too long ago that there are people sending canned goods to this place right now. Because they have read what the scriptures say. And they believe that this is the place that Israel will flee to at this time. And when they get there, they will find these canned goods. Because the Bible says that it is a place prepared of God that they should feed her there for a thousand three hundred and three score days. The last three and a half years of the tribulation period. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.